0: Pull Up a Seat to the table
1: with Nicole Biscotti and Melissa Seidbotham.
0: Welcome. We're so glad that you've decided to pull up a seat to the table. I'm Melissa Seidbotham, and I'm here with my good friend, Nicole.
2: Hi, I'm Nicole Biscotti. The Table is a place for parents and educators to share ideas and perspectives. This has become a critical conversation, considering what we're all dealing with right now with this pandemic and the impact that it's having on education and on our children. Today, we're going to be discussing parenting in a pandemic.
0: We've brought together a wonderful group of people to have this discussion today. First up, we have Dr. Korb. He is a developmental and behavioral pediatrician, an author, and also a father from California. Hi, Dr. Korb. Good evening. How are you tonight? Doing great. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, it was mentioned, I'm an
1: author. I wrote a book called Raising an Organized Child, and I have found that that has been remarkably applicable to what we're going through these days, having our kids home with us. I recently wrote two articles that are out there right now that are getting a lot of attention, one called Parenting in a Pandemic, and the other one, Working, Parenting, and While Sheltering in Place, Tips to Reduce Frustration and Get Some Work Done. So it's talking about how can we be organized and how can we keep our kids supported through this difficult process.
0: Well, I'm so glad that you've been able to join us here this evening because I know that you're going to be able to to help us and help us walk through a lot of the situations that we're seeing. Next up, I've got Tiffany, and she is a mom of three from California. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, how are you? Doing great. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. I'm a stay-at-home mom of three. I have a
3: 14-year-old daughter who's in ninth grade in high school. I have a, a fifth grader and a second grader, both in Catholic elementary school.
0: So we're learning at home all on Zoom right now. I think a lot like most of the country right now, I think we're all experiencing some of those same uh, pain points. Well, Tiffany, I'm so glad that you're able to join us tonight. And the last but not least person on our panel is Tanil. She is a mom of two boys and also an educator in California. Tenille, welcome to the show. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
4: Hello. Yes, I'm. I'm excited to uh, do my my first podcast. I am a first grade teacher in San Jose, California. Uh, this is my 20th year. Um, I also have two boys, uh, one in ninth grade and one in eighth grade, both at private school. Um, so I am juggling, uh, getting through this. You know, worried and concerned about my own students um, and making sure that my boys are. Uh, Doing what they're supposed to, so like you said, we're all in this new situation together.
2: Thank you guys for being here today, and really um, today more than ever because we know that all of you are stretched more than normally. We're all under a lot of um, pressure and and um, dealing with new duties and and having to um, take take on even our own children's education. So thank you for making the time to be here. The first question I have for you is, what are the challenges that parents are feeling in our current crisis? And I'd like to direct that towards Dr. Korpel, if I could.
1: Well, I think one way to look at this is when um, when parents heard that we were going to be sheltered in place, I think they all said to themselves, oh my gosh, what am I going to do to get my work done? Oh my gosh, what am I going to do to manage my children? Um, How am I going to take care of everyone? And your kid said, woohoo! Ooh, it's vacation. Um, I'm going to sit on the couch all day, and I'm going to uh, play video games, and I'm going to stay up late, and I'm going to sleep in, and it's going to be wonderful. And and that sets up a mismatch in expectations. And whenever you have mismatch in expectations, that's when frustration keeps in. I mean, creeps in because one parent expects one outcome, and the child expects a different outcome. And at some point, there's going to be a clash. And so, what I'm encouraging parents to do is to set those limits and set those expectations from the get-go to make not only the process go more smoothly, but reintegration back into society when that soon happens in the future.
2: That's really insightful. Um, I think that you did a great job of kind of hitting the nail on the head, Dr. Korb. It really does come down to our expectations because as parents, we're adults and we're feeling more pressed than ever because we still know that we have to pay our bills and, and go on with our, our normal responsibilities and we're grappling with how, whereas kids, you're right, my kids are definitely feeling like spring break is just never ending. Tiffany, um, what do you feel like the challenges to parents are in the current crisis?
3: Well, for me right now, I've had a lot of anxiety myself just about the whole uh, pandemic. And I think for me, it's been balancing like educating myself on the situation and helping the kids to have a healthy balance of feeling safe and secure while at home, but also having a healthy fear of like not doing the wrong thing. Like, for instance, we did a family bike ride around the block. And my son hopped off his bike and ran up to his friend that he saw who was in his driveway. And my husband said, wait, you can't do that. So, you know, they need to understand it without me completely freaking them out because I've had a lot of anxiety and I don't want to put that on them.
2: Yes. And I think that that's a really um, big concern for a lot of parents that none of us have, have lived through something of this scale. So we're grappling with um, going into supermarkets and not seeing meat and and toilet paper, and all of these um, concerns and looking at the counts and all this, but yet we want to shelter our kids, but at the same time, teach them about social distancing. and, and Right. Um,
3: so just finding that balance for the kids, um, you know, that's that's just one, one thing that came to mind.
2: Definitely. And also
3: staying balanced in
2: parenting, because I don't know about your kids, but I know my kids know the minute I'm off in any way, there's... Um, they can tell that and they'll react differently to me. So just kind of keeping that balance as well. Thank you, Tiffany. Taniel, what do you feel that the challenges to parenting are right now?
4: I think for our family, um, the family who is always on the go running from one activity to the other activity is just really understanding. Like we are all home all day long, 24 hours. So We need to have and create those times where each of us has our like alone time. Whether that be my son out in the backyard playing basketball, if it means me going out for my run and getting my workout in first thing in the morning, um, you know my husband just going to Starbucks by himself. You know those are those those moments that because we were used to having so much you know time and just connecting in the evening. That now it's it's a whole new adjustment for all of us, um, and we have to be mindful too. I think um, because everyone's on Zoom, um, really understanding each other's schedules and and who's taking a call or what time's my next meeting or you guys. I need it absolutely quiet during this time. Like, don't come out of your room. So it's it's just really managing schedules and um, just everybody being really understanding.
2: That's an interesting point, Neil, because prior to this, we would leave and go to work, most of us. And now we're sort of having our workday with our kids while they're trying to have school. So it is in close quarters, so it is definitely challenging. Thank you for that for that perspective.
0: Well, let's go ahead and, and shift gears a little bit into our next question. Um, I know that we've all been been dealing with this for about a week, a week and a half. Uh, what kinds of things have you found that work, and what doesn't work for you, Doctor Corb? Could you go ahead and jump in? Well, I would start with
1: routines. I think um, a typical child's life is very routine. They wake up, they get dressed, they eat breakfast, they go to school. They move from class to class to class with some breaks for exercise in between. They come home, they eat a snack, they do homework, uh, and and do some after school activities. There's a routine built into their their day. And now that we're home, all of a sudden those r- routines are messed up. And when routines get messed up, people get anxious. Uh, uncertainty becomes anxiety provoking. And so anything you can do to stabilize. Your child's routine will not only reduce anxiety but improve your child's behavior. So you can put those routines into place. You can you can have um, wake up times and bedtime still. You can have uh, time for learning, time for exercise, time for meals, time for free play, time for being creative and imaginative, time for connecting with the family, and build that into a routine. That can differ depending on the age of your child, but a routine that gives a structure to get them through each day.
0: I think that that's really, really key. and being able to to stick to a routine can sometimes be tricky for certain parents, especially if they're still expected to work full time and and they don't get to have those breaks. Um, so it, what would you say to parents that are in that kind of situation?
1: This to me again, yes, yes, Doctor Corn. So, so, with it, it, really depends on the child's age. So, one of the things I write I wrote about in the article, working um, parenting and and sheltering in place, is for infants and toddlers, what you might do is very different than what you might do for school age children and teens. Mm-hmm, uh, but mm-hmm. they all have a structure. For infants and toddlers, the key is stations. Have multiple stations in your your house. And you rotate them from station to station every 10 or 15 minutes or however long their attention lasts. And in that way there's always something ahead of them. There's always something for them to do. Uh, the other thing is to be present with your little ones because sometimes just saying, "Oh, what are you doing?" or "Oh, nice job!" sustains their attention to a task. It's tempting to go mm-hmm. in the other room and get your work done, but they'll actually stay on an activity longer if you're near them. When you have a school-age child they want more control. So starting to think about within that structure, how can they have options? How can they make lists of things to do within their routines? And for teenagers, I like to give them goals. I like to say things like, because they want to be independent. I like to say things like, hey, we're going to be home for the next few weeks or months. We're not sure how long, but what do we want to come out of this with? What goals should we set? And then your job as a parent is to help them kind of scaffold or, or to plan out what they need to accomplish in order to reach the goal that their that your child set for themselves.
0: Excellent. I love how you were able to break that down so well for each individual age group. That's super helpful. Now Tiffany, given what you've been experiencing for the past week and a half, what have you found has been working and what's has not been working at your house.
3: Um it's been going pretty smoothly. It's, it's mainly just been working because we've all the kids separate. So Taylor, my, my daughter stays up in her room and she does her classes. She's the one in high school. She does everything in her room. Uh, my middle son goes in the office and he does his zoom classes there and he works pretty independently. And, um, I just kind of make sure that he's on task and turning things in and that's been fine. My second grader, I have to sit with, So he gets on zoom, he does his class and we work at the kitchen table. Um, So everybody has their own quiet space and everyone knows when someone is on a zoom, don't come in the room because it's too distracting. So that's just been one rule I put. I'm still struggle with scheduling and having that structure Um, when it becomes, you know, when they're off zoom and it's time just to manage for my younger one. um, He needs more breaks. He has a lot of wiggles to get out. So, um, that's that's probably one of my bigger struggles. But I think it's been working pretty well. I feel like the schools have done a great job of keeping the kids on task and giving them enough to keep um,
0: learning, you know, progressing. Fantastic. And I know just hopping into my own teachers uh, Zoom meetings with their students uh there inevitably you're going to have a sibling or a cat that does a little photo bomb and and walks in front of the camera, and I think that it's also important for for teachers and for parents and for students to give each other a, a little bit of of wiggle room with that, uh, yeah. because yeah. this is an unusual situation. Um, but I love how you're you're setting up that structure and the expectations. Uh, and have you noticed when because you're having all of your your different aged students on Zoom, and you're talking a lot about the academics, how are they dealing with the emotional piece of this um, throughout through their schooling?
3: They have been fine. i We talked about it last night. I asked all of them how they were feeling about this, like how it's impacting them. And honestly, they enjoy not having the the usual hustle bustle that we always keep with all the activities. And just being home and being together, I feel like this has kind of brought a sense of calm to them because they don't have to keep the schedule that we usually do. Um, and you know, with, we have a big commute for my daughter's school, so that is a strain on the whole family. And I think everyone's just kind of enjoying it, mm-hmm. not having to wake up so early in the morning. You know, she wakes up at 30 to get to school and the boys wake up at like 6:45 so they love being able to sleep until 7 or 7:30 and then they naturally wake up but just waking up mm-hmm. naturally versus being yanked out of bed cuz you have to get ready and go is has been nice for them um yeah so they i think they're okay i don't know i
0: mean <laughs> sorry <laughs> it, you know, it is hard to tell but i i think that i think that you bring up a lot of interesting points i think that all of us are finding that this whole situation is putting a different perspective on the lives we used to live yes and maybe making us think a little bit differently about about those schedules and things yes absolutely um, Tanil, let's go ahead let's go ahead and hear from you about what's working and what's not working in your world
4: um, can I just piggyback on something that Tiffany said I think it's um, really important um, that the schools do address that social and emotional need. Um, And I feel like with my one child, I felt like they just jumped right in to the academics and they started assigning and didn't really have that check in with like, hey, how are you feeling? Or, you know, what is your day now consist of? And it was kind of disappointing, um, to be honest. It's just like our kids are they're losing a lot right now. Um, you know, my son's missing out on his Washington, D.C. trip. Um, they might not have graduation. And those are big milestones for kids that have looked forward to the these events since, you know, kindergarten. And so for them, I think, you know, they do need to have those conversations with, with our students. Um, so it, it, that was something that I just, you know, I feel like, That's our job as educators, principals, um, superintendents is really to open up that uh, conversation.
0: Right. And and I think, think, go ahead, Nicole.
2: Sorry. Sorry. No, I was just going to say that Tanil really moved the conversation right into the next question, really, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where we wanted to explore, what is it that kids need from us right now? Because obviously of course, every child is different and has different needs. But in general, as parents and as educators, we're always trying to support kids and make sure that we're giving them what they need. But under these circumstances, what do they need? What, what do you perceive as mo- what most kids
1: are needing right now, Dr. Korb? I think I think they need their needs are on different levels. So on on the one level, they need protection, uh, protection from all the media that's out there they need uh, protection from just germs and, and, and their overall health. Um, and then they need comfort to know that they're going to be okay. So we support them. We, we don't catastrophize. We try not to point fingers and blame. We describe the situation as it is and try to be as calm and natural as, as we are about it. And if that's difficult for us, I'm not sure. I think it was Tiffany earlier who mentioned that she's feeling anxiety. And and I think it's important for us to all be mindful of our own feelings and and stop and slow down and think about what we actually are in control of and focus on those things. Slow down and think about the moment, what I can smell and what I can hear and what I can see and what I can taste right now, because those things can bring you back to the presence. On another level, I think kids need structure. So like I was talking about, they need routines. They also need limits and and boundaries. The same kind of structure you'd you'd apply to your child in any situation. The same rules apply about electronics that you would normally have in your house. The same rules about bedtimes and the same rules about the language that they use. That kind of structure is comforting to kids, even though the older they get, they're going to rattle and shake a little bit to see if those uh, structures stand up. But, but that's what they need, I think, in order to feel comforted through the situation.
2: That's really excellent and very grounding advice because it's true, Dr. Corb, most of us are feeling like Tiffany was expressing. I would say most of us are feeling some level of anxiety right now. These, this is a situation that we haven't lived through and we're still in the middle of it. We don't know the outcome. But yet within that, um, we're human beings, but we're also parents. And we want to make sure that we're providing those our our children with what they need. So I appreciate you bringing it down to sort of um, different categories, that there's structure, there's the need for comfort, there's a need for protection, and they just look a little different now than they, they might have a few weeks ago or a month ago. So thank you. Um, Tiffany, what do you feel like is um, what your kids need right now from you?
3: I think – more than ever just my time and attention and love and support. You know, I think I feel like, you know, there's three of them here and you're so my time is divided between the three of them. And my husband is working from home in addition. So he's upstairs working. Um yeah, I just think I, I right now I'm just supporting everyone how I can. Each child in their schooling or their emotional needs or You know, I guess that's kind of like, you know, the mom role, you know, you just do everything. Um, yeah, I think that's the number one thing right now is they just need my time and attention, love and support.
2: And I feel like as a mother also that I, one of the blessings that I've, I've experienced during this, this tragedy is that I've had more time with my kids. Um, I'm a teacher and I spend a lot of time plugged into other kids' educational needs but I feel like I'm getting a better um, sense of where my kids are at that I wouldn't have had normally. So this family time has been very bonding and comforting and definitely a blessing um, as well. Tenille, what do you feel like is, is what kids are needing from your kids need from me right now?
4: Well, once again, building on off of your last point is um, I think this was our way of like slowing down and really being in the moment. Um, and as a mom, um, as a working mom, you know, to be able to be home and make home cooked meals for my family, it, it's been it's been a blessing. It really truly has. Um, normally, when we're at dance and basketball and um, meetings, I mean, sometimes we're not getting home till nine thirty at night. So, just to have this family time, I think, has been huge for us. I think. One of the issues um, that I, I see my two boys um, missing is their activities. Um, you know, my one son does dance and my other is basketball. So, you know, that's another huge loss for so many of our children that have those extracurricular activities. Like they're they're doing their best of trying to stream stuff online, but it's just not the same for them. So those social connections with their peers, um, you know, They're doing it now even more so, Snapchat, Instagram, to have that social connection. So um, I'm not being as strict um, with their phone right now because I know that's their only outlet. So some leeway there.
2: Yes, I've thought a lot about that myself with my kids, the impact, my students, I teach high school, and then also my kids at home. Um, I have one in college, and he's. It's very hard to get him to not socialize, and then you know the ones that are home and that I can control more. They they are really missing their friends and missing that social component of school that's so important for
0: kids. And I think it's actually pretty interesting too. And and we just did a, a our last podcast on this because our kids are are missing out on those activities where they were in water polo or they were doing dance or basketball or all of those different things and they don't have access to that they they do seem to have a little bit more time to pursue interests that they find uh, near and dear to themselves and i think i i posted on twitter earlier today about how my middle daughter uh she she came up to me and she said, hey, mom, you know, I want, can I try and make homemade pasta? And I turned around in the kitchen and I said, what? <laughs> and, and she's like, no, I, I saw it on TikTok. I really want to learn how to, how to do that. And I said, you saw that on TikTok? I thought TikTok was all just silly dances. And, you know, of course she called me a boomer and, and we called that a day. But um, I think that it's interesting that, that our kids are able to take a look at different things that might interest them and pursue that in instead of some of those other activities that they normally would have. So I think it's, it's an interesting opportunity that, that is that is there for them. So let's go ahead and shift into um, our next question. And how, how do you think this experience that we're going through collectively, not just as a nation, but as as the world, how do you think this experience is going to to be transformative of our parenting moving forward? Dr. Korb, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: You know, I, I think the experience is going to be a, a very individual on on some levels. You know, some of us are going to know people that get sicker and some of us are going to know people that that uh, don't make it through this. And for those families, that experience is going to be very different than it is for other families. I do think, though, this is hopefully will be an opportunity for the world to kind of connect and see how we're all are interconnected. And this, this, you know, this brings to mind not just how can we be safe in terms of illnesses and the spread of disease, but what can we do to protect our environment? What can we do about gun violence? All these things of how we all really are truly related and not just taking care of ourselves ourselves. Um, and sequestering our own toilet paper in our house while everybody else runs out. We have to learn to, to uh, all work together as much as possible. I also think, um, following on your thread about social media and, and computers, we are all learning that we can learn online. At least many people can learn online. It's hard for some, I'm sure, but there's going to be new opportunities for reaching out and connecting with people through education. I'm seeing a lot of patients online right now. Uh, there's different ways that we can connect with each other that I think my older generation is learning, and maybe the young kids already know about.
0: I think that's very true, and and the longer this goes on, the more we are going to have to explore those avenues so that we can ke- so that we can keep that sense of of connectedness because I think that's going to be so important for all of our kids. Um, Tiffany how do you feel like this experience is transforming or will transform your parenting moving forward? Um, sorry. Could you repeat that? Oh, no problem. I was sorry. just going to ask, how do you think this experience oh, that okay. we're all going through will transform your parenting moving forward?
3: Um, hopefully it will just help us all to slow down a little bit. Um, I think there's a lot of things. I think it will create more compassion between other people. Uh, One thing that we've kind of talked about as a family is how this exact situation is affecting other people. Like for us as a family, it's been nice to reconnect, but my parents are isolated. They haven't seen anybody They're The two of them in their house. Um, My father-in-law is by himself in his house and they haven't been able to see anybody. Um, So that, you know, I'm asking the kids, what do you think about the situation? How do you feel for them? You know, my, like my middle son had his birthday. He also missed going to science camp. So, you know, he was, he, he, he wasn't feeling sorry for himself. He was just kind of discussing it. He took it better than I thought he would with all missing all those things. But we just asked him, like, how do you think it feels for your grandparents that are really alone, you know? So, I think a lot of compassion will come out of this, I hope, and appreciation for when they do get to do all the things that they had to miss out on right now.
0: Very, very true. And I think that another conversation that seems to come up a lot is you know, this for those of us who are younger and we're healthier, maybe we're not staying home for ourselves necessarily, but we should be doing this for people who are at risk um, and people that we care about who, who could fall prey to, to this virus. And I, I think it, it brings about interesting conversations about caring about others rather than only ourselves. Uh, Tanil, how about you? How do you think this is going to transform your parenting moving forward?
4: Well, my husband and I had um, this conversation. Like, it's been so nice having this time together. How can we maintain this? Like, having the family dinners because of our once we go back to our crazy schedules. Like, how can we now make time for for these family hikes or baking together? You know, it's it's just as sad as it is, I I do feel like for our family, there, there is some good and, um, it's really just appreciating one another. Um, so I just like, it's affecting so many people and it's so hard. Um, but we got to stay positive. You know, we have to look for the good in, in these situations.
0: that's very true i think it is always going to be important for us to be able to try and find that silver lining um, while not not negating those feelings and the, those those um, anxieties and fears that might bubble up but always trying to move through them if at all possible and asking for help when we're when we're feeling overwhelmed is is also impo- is also important i should say
2: absolutely I wanted to kind of go through um and ask each of you if you had any kind of final thoughts about about parenting in this situation or questions um or things that we didn't address so far.
1: Dr. Korb, if you could start first. I th- I think it's important to recognize that everybody's experience is going to be very different. There's some some single parents that have to work and have to figure out how to take care of their two children at the same time. Uh, there's going to be families who really struggle. And the stress for some families is going to be really high. I, I, You know, we know that when stress goes up in families, domestic abuse goes up. And and the last thing we want to do is is hurt somebody we care about. And so people need to be thinking proactively about what are the ways that they can have outlets to take care of themselves when they're having stress. It's really important. Can they lock up their guns to make sure that the most dangerous things are are out of harm's way um, so that everybody can get through their own experience of this pandemic however they need to in a safe way?
2: Yes. Yeah, I, I think that that's a really good thing to bring out is that not every family um, is really set up to have added stress. A lot of families are already at their breaking point or already really stretched financially or in terms of um, you know, one person doing, filling all the roles so that this is definitely um, a huge stressor on top of maybe already um, situations that are existing. Um, I also wanted to ask Tiffany, what do you feel like um, are your final thoughts about this or questions?
3: Um, I think just it kind of teaches you the lesson to you need to remain open to change. You know, you never know when your comfortable situation is going to, is going to, you know, completely switch, switch up and you're, you know, the whole family dynamics are different. The way you learn is different, the way you works different. So just being fluid and, you know, open to trying different ways of things, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's good for the kids, I guess. And, Uh, just a lesson
1: (laughs) I don't know
2: it is a lesson and it's like we've mentioned before also in this conversation an opportunity for reflection and looking at how maybe we can do things differently moving forward and to what final thoughts do you have for us about parenting in this situation
4: so from a parenting perspective I feel like um Like, we're going to get through this from, from, from my family. Now, when I put my teacher hat on, that's where I worry. I do have families that are working two and three jobs. I have families that don't have access to technology. I have families who don't even have the internet. I have families who will be struggling to put food on the table. Families who might get evicted. There are so many factors, that's where I have my anxiety is I'm worrying about 24 other little kids that I love and I have not been able to connect with them. I mean, I've called them, um, but their their joy is coming to school every day and being with me and being with their friends. And I know it's hard for them and their families. And so I have to figure out a way to connect with them. Um, it's just so hard. And that's where it hurts my heart is I know that my community at school right now is struggling.
0: Yeah. And I think those, those things bring up so many strong points for all of us. I mean, not only are we worried about, you know, our own families, but also our communities around us and as educators, the communities that we serve. And so what I'd like to ask is, what what are you doing to take care of yourself? Because I know that as caregivers, we oftentimes take care of everybody else around us, and sometimes we forget to take care of ourselves. So uh, Dr. Korb, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing to take care of yourself and what you might suggest others do as well?
1: For me, that question is easy because uh, about a month ago, I I, I um, had a couple discs in my back that, that um, are bulging, started bulging. And so I I've been spending a lot of time in bed. (laughs) This has given me the opportunity to rest. I was (laughs) at the point at work where I wasn't able to sit and I was standing all day. And so uh, this has given me the much needed respite that I need to heal and get better um, during this process. And so, you know, it's hard to translate my message to everyone else. But, you know, you got to figure out what you need as individuals and make sure you give yourself that. Uh, if it wasn't my bulging back, I, I would be exercising all the time because to have this much uh, available time uh, would be to do the thing I love the most, which is to exercise. So we have to find what works for each of us.
0: Very true. Very true. And I'm glad that you've been able to take the time to rest. And I hope you're able to get back to exercising very soon. Um Tiffany, what, what are you doing to take care of yourself while you're trying to take care of everybody in your family? Um, mainly running,
3: (laughs) running first thing in the morning. Um, and then we set up our garage, like many of our neighbors have to be able to do workouts. Um, and my kids enjoy doing fun things like that. So, you know, just, we're all able to get out and, bike rides and different things. So I think the physical part for me is it helps to get that stress out. And the morning run with friends is nice to just, you know, start the day off um, just on a good note and helps me think clearly and lower the anxiety and feel happy for the day. So that's my main thing. It just starts off early in the morning, right? And then it makes the whole day go better.
0: That's fantastic. How about you, Tenille? What are you doing to take care of yourself?
4: Well, um, I've made a goal for myself. Um, I've always heard how good yoga is. And I just, I guess I've always made those excuses. Like I don't have time or I'm too tired, but I've committed um, through this whole shelter in place um, is really to get my mind right um, and focus on my breathing. And so every day so far, I've committed to uh, doing my evening
2: yoga. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad that you were able to find a new interest and something to support you because I know it was mentioned earlier that as moms and as dads, we feel like we have to always fill in all the needs and provide all the support because, well, what what we do, but we can't run on an empty. And as we're slowing down and having more family time, it's really important to take care of ourselves because we can't continue to give if we're not um, ourselves feeling well. I know personally I've started um, getting more active I was wanting to, and in the summers, I do a great job of that, but once school starts and things get hectic, I tend to not take care of myself as much, and it's really been nice, especially with the weather being beautiful, to have that time outdoors to, um, to exercise while I'm social distancing, of course. I want to thank you all for pulling up a seat and being part of our show today. Um, again, particularly given what's going on right now. Thank you for taking the time. Please reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram at The EduTable. We would love to hear from all of you who are listening. Also, please remember to check out the articles and videos on our website at theedutable.com and to go ahead and subscribe so that we can deliver all of this right to your inbox. Thank you for listening. And remember that children always benefit when parents and educators work together.